0: Yesterday we had a wedding here at the church and it was spectacular. And I saw that beautiful bride come down this aisle and later on when we saw the celebration of the wedding, I mean, there was celebration. I thought about that day of days when the bride of Christ the church. Michelle will be gathered into the throne room. The banquet hall of God. And what a day of celebration that will be. As I came into the service today. I could sense the worship of Jesus. I, I could sense the, the celebration of praise. And, and as Sister Clark. I, I I thought oh how wonderful it will be. On that day of days when. God gathers his elect from the four winds. And the church, the bride, is presented to the groom, Jesus Christ. Can you dream with me just a little bit about that moment uh, when that celebration will take place? That's exciting. I don't know about you. That excites me. Yesterday I, I saw a father and he had. I said, have you seen your, your daughter yet? Have you seen the bride yet? He said, no, I haven't seen her. I said, you have to see her because it will wow you. When that father went back and saw the bride, he fell apart. Can you imagine with me the emotions of the father when the bride... It's presented. Sam, that makes me want to grow hair. Can you say amen? amen? Praise the Lord. I tell you what, we have something to celebrate. When we worship, when we praise, we have something, Mike, to celebrate. We celebrate Jesus. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited today, and and, uh, I woke up early this morning and was excited about coming in and sharing today. And and, uh, I parked out in the parking lot today, Jerry, and and I was scurrying up the the, the sidewalk, and and Kara was was on my heels. And as I approached the the rear entrance here, there's a, a bush about yay tall, and it's green. Not really sure what kind of a bush it is, Mike could probably help me out with that, but out of the, it was like slow motion, Jerry. this little bug come flying out of the bush, and i seen it coming, Carl, and a Dale it, it was just coming and, and, and flew right up my nose <laughs> i 'm telling you it flew right up my left nostril, and i 'm saying. <laughs> I'm trying to get this bug out. And Kara comes up, Pastor Hal, what are you doing? I said, I just had a bug fly up my nose. And it was not the bird of paradise. <laughs> Ain't it like the devil to try to bug you? <laughs> when you're getting ready to deliver the word of God. And I was still, when I was going over to the solid Rock, I was still, because I don't know if it's still up in there. I don't know if it's laying eggs. I don't know what it's doing, but... Last time I ministered, I ministered on crosses. We talked about the malefactor's cross, the self imposed crosses that people bear because of wrong life's choices. We also talked about the discipleship crosses, the ministry crosses, life crosses that are God inspired crosses that we are called to carry. Jesus said, if any man will follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This morning, I want to share you a subsequent word to after the cross, after the cross, Pentecost. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so thankful that Jesus came. And died for our sins according to the scriptures. And was raised from the dead for our justification. We're so thankful Lord because of the cross. That we can celebrate Pentecost. And I pray today that you will fill the sails of our spirit. With fresh wind and fresh fire of truth from your word, Lord, as we press on. In the goodness of our Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. If you have your little worksheets that I believe that the uh, ushers have passed out, you can fill out there right at the top in the title, After the Cross, Pentecost. Turning to God's word today, Luke's gospel, chapter 24, verse number 45. I'm reading today from the NIV version. If you do not have a Bible, there's one in the front of you. It'll also be on the screen behind me. He opened up their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them that it was written that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things, and I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised you. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I woke up this morning with a couple of thoughts within my spirit, and I had to ink them down. My rule of thumb is, if I think it, I ink it. And Mike, I wrote down these three thoughts. Number one, you cannot preach the full gospel without Pentecost. It cannot be done. And a church that does not embrace the person and the work of the Holy Spirit is a handicapped church friends we cannot do god's work without his power friends this is the church age in all reality the age of the holy spirit write down number 1 here the promise of the father the promise Of the Father. Looking here uh, at Joel chapter 2 and verse number 28, we see the prophetic word of this prophet, and he gives this, this word that was a mystery to the prophets of old, but has become a reality in these last days. And I quote, and it shall come to pass afterward the afterward being in the last days acts 2:17), that i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters you need to underline that your sons and your daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dream and your your young men will see visions even upon my servants both underline this in your bibles men and women I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord. Mark it down here. It is a last days prophetic promise. You see, friends, the day of Pentecost marked the start of the last days. It marked the birth of the Lord's church. This is called by many, by different terms. One calls this this age that we live in the church age, or the age of the Spirit, or the age of the Holy Spirit, or the dispensation of grace. It all points to the prophetic word of God that's being poured out in these last days by his Spirit. And it will end when the Holy Spirit is removed from the earth just before the great tribulation and the man of sin being revealed, 2 Thessalonians 1 Or two, one through eight. You see, I believe personally in a pre-trib rapture because we know that the man of sin, the Antichrist, will not be revealed until the Holy Spirit is taken out of the world. And Jesus promised, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send you another comforter, even the Spirit of truth, and he will abide with you forever. Friends, he's not going to take the Holy Spirit off the planet and leave us here to face Mr. Who alone. But when Jesus removes the Holy Spirit from the world, guess what? We're going to be raptured, be gathered in the clouds to forever be with the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. This is the age of the Spirit. This is a Pentecostal age. This is the church age through which the grace of God is being communicated globally to every tribe and every nation and every tongue. B, it marks a Holy Spirit outpouring upon all ethnicities. It's interesting if you study the book of Genesis that you see that God uses tongues to scatter the nations. And we see here at the birth of the church age, God uses the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues to reunite all nations into a new ethnicity called the church. It's an amazing study. If you study Father Abraham, how the God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. And out of Abraham, who followed God by faith, God created a new ethnicity called Israel. Now we see in these last days that God through Jesus Christ is creating another new ethnicity called the beloved or called the church or called the bride of Christ. That is made up of every tongue and every language and every nation of people who receive the gospel message that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Aren't you glad that God is saving people for such a time as this? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's all because of the promise of the Father that is outpoured in these last days through which the gospel message has a global impact through which people everywhere are being saved. Praise the Lord. All ethnicities. Because salvation comes through faith. And our identification in Jesus Christ comes as we follow him with water baptism. We were thrilled last Sunday night as we were gathered out there uh, at Stony Creek. And pastor was preaching in the rain. Praise the Lord. Sometimes God has a sense of humor. Can you say amen? But we we're able to take our candidates down to the water and, and water baptized them as they identified with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as they follow the Lord in water baptism. And Kumar, where you at? You're over here. He had some beautiful pictures of rainbows that, that were there and were present while we were water baptizing our candidates. And what a wonderful service that we had in Jesus, because God has called all people groups to come to repentance. God has called all people groups to repent and to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all believers of every creed and of every tongue and every nation, they are candidates. Not only for the gift of salvation, but for the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, God's Word tells us that our Father, that every good and precious gift cometh down from the Father of heavenly lights. He gives us the gift of His Word. He's given us the gift of Jesus. He's given us the gift of salvation. He's given us gifts of the Spirit. He has given us all oh, great and exceeding promises. He has given us so much. Our Father is a generous Father. And He's still giving gifts to whosoever will call upon His name. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that my Father, which art in heaven, is not a stingy Father. But a generous Father, full of grace and truth. He says here, That your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Mike, this tells me that we men don't have a monopoly on the gifts of God. But God upon women. The Leannas of life. The Josies of life. The Carols of life. I saw Linda here somewhere. The Lindas of life. God pours out spiritual gifts, not just upon the men, but also Sheba, upon the women of the church to operate in the spiritual dynamics of the Holy Ghost. Women, aren't you glad that the men don't have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit, the gifts of God, the goodness of God, and the generosity of God? I mean, Jesus came to liberate the women. He's a first women's liver and he's given you his spirit and Marie so that you can be filled with his goodness and filled with his grace and filled with his gifts and filled with expressions of his love in the name of Jesus. I'm glad that the prophet way back there said that upon your sons and your daughters they shall prophesy they'll operate spiritual gifts Friends, our male and female successors will operate in spiritual gifts. I love it when I go back there and I see boys and girls for Jesus. Praise the Lord. They are our future pastors. They are our future missionaries. They are our future deacons and elders within the church of Jesus Cherries. Uh, Our young people today are are down in Orlando, and some are preparing to fly down to Orlando, getting ready to minister, not to perform, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit down at our general council. I'm glad that the world doesn't have all the teenagers. Jesus has our teenagers, and they're going to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we are promised that generations to come could receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. I had a guy I worked with years ago that tried to convince me that the promise of the Father was only for the apostolic age. It was only for the apostles. He even tried to convince me that the gift of tongues was given to the disciples so that they could communicate with heathens whose language they did not know. I said, show me Bible on that. Teresa, for some strange reason, he couldn't find any verses for that. (laughs) Friends, if it's not in the book, don't try to teach it. Don't try to convince me. I use the word. The word. The word is my gauge. Look over here at Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. Let's see what Peter said in this subject and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this promise of the Father. He said, this promise is for you. Say you. And to your children, say children. Amen. That's the next generation. And for all who are afar off. For all whom the Lord God shall call. Peter, through the unction of the Spirit, saw through the bulwarks of time and generation people that would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, who would be candidates for the promise of the Father in these last days, that would be the recipients of gifts that would come down from above, uh, that they would be candidates through which the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come upon God's people, just not in the apostolic generation but in all these generations of this church age for the glory of God number two today the command of Jesus when my children were at home and David if he was here today he would testify of this I did not suggest to him David, would you go clean your room? David, if you can make time in your schedule. David, if you can find time in your... I did not suggest to him a clean room. I expected and commanded of him A clean room. And there's a funny thing. He learned that I did inspections. I learned that my kids did not do what I expected. They did what I inspected. How many of you know that the Lord is inspecting this church right now? His eye is on us. God, through his word, has not given unto us suggestions. He has given unto us divine direction. That if we are wise, we will take heed unto and walk therein. Let's look here. Let's look here at what Jesus said unto the disciples in Acts chapter 1, of verse 4. The command of Jesus. And on one occasion... While he was eating with them, now, I told the people in Solid Rock, I don't know if Jesus was sitting there eating bagels with them and having orange juice, but he was breaking bread with the guys. He did not suggest to them, he commanded to them, he, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift the Father promised. Get a hold of that. Wait. For the gift that the Father has promised. Which you have heard me speak about. For John truly baptized with water. This was unto repentance. Like what we experienced last Sunday night out at Stony Creek. But Jesus said, but in a few days you will be baptized. In the Holy Spirit. He was not referring to water baptism. He was referring to. Spirit baptism. Water baptism, we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6. But Jesus promised something much more significant. An experience, Mike, that was subsequent to salvation in water baptism. Jesus said, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I can imagine that the the disciples as they went to Jerusalem and they were waiting and weren't really fully comprehending exactly the fullness of the promise of the Father and what the ushering in of this great event was going to be. But I, I believe the disciples were excited about what's going to happen next. You know, sometimes, Bob, I come to church and I get excited. Because I wonder, who is God going to save today? I wonder, what marriage is going to be healed today? I wonder, what twistedness in life is going to be made straight today? I wonder, what miracle is God going to perform today? And as I come to church, I come in great excitement and anticipation, wondering, uh, what is God going to do today? I believe the disciples were just like this, Frank, as they were waiting for the promise of the Father. Not exactly knowing, Sam, what was going to take place. All they knew that Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem until you receive the promise. Ever have somebody promise you something? And you knew something good was coming? Then have somebody let you down. And that promise never comes to fruition. Aren't you glad that our Father God's not like that? Hallelujah. What he has said in his word, what he has promised in his word, it comes to fruition within his divine timetable perfectly every single time. Praise the Lord. Now, this was not a suggestion. Directions were given by Jesus to his disciples don't leave Jerusalem until you receive. In Acts chapter nineteen, Paul come across some believers in Ephesus. And he asked them this question Have you received since you believed have you received the promise of the father have you received the baptism of the holy spirit have you received the holy ghost since you believed and their response to paul was well we didn't even know that there was a holy ghost how you see some people suffer from ignorance which means to be unlearned about this, the truths and the promises that are in this book. That's why faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. How can they have faith in something that they have not been taught about? How can they have faith in the Holy Ghost when it isn't talked about in their churches? How can they have a Pentecostal truth released into their lives and those spiritual dynamics in their faith? It is never discussed and taught According to the truth of God's word, it's no wonder that we have powerless churches because we have churches that are handicapped because they do not preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ, which includes the Pentecostal message that whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall not only be saved but be filled with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Have you, have you received since you believed? Well, Pastor Hal, I was, I was told that was only for Peter, James, and John. It's not in the book. This promise is unto you, and unto your children, and unto your children's children, even to as many who are far off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. Uh, <laughs> that's good enough for me. That's God's word, not man's philosophies. Can you say amen? amen. This is the promise that I'm going to embrace this is a promise that I'm going to receive by faith, because God would give us a special gift, Mark it down. God would give us a special gift, a gift that He had discussed with them. In John chapter seven, he said, "If there is any man that thirsts, let him come on to me and drink." Of this he spoke of the Spirit that those who believed in him should receive. Say receive. Receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not been glorified. Make a note of this. The fullness of the Spirit could not be released until after the cross. Atonement had to be made for our sins and the sins of all mankind. And number two, Jesus had to be risen from the dead for our justification. Those two items had to take place before the promise of the Father could be released on the planet. Once Jesus died for our sins and was raised for our justification, (laughs) then in his glorification, then that released the avenue through which the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, could be released upon his people. And we are the candidates who are the recipients of these great and exceeding promises. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Yes, a special gift. You can read about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, 15, and also chapter 16. Jesus began to seed the soil of the hearts of the disciples with the truths of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you another comforter, and he will abide with you forever. And he said, See here, you will be baptized. In the Holy Spirit. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. God's word proclaims it. You see, water baptism follows salvation. Spirit baptism follows salvation. It is a second work of grace in our lives. I remember many years ago just like it was yesterday. And I was raised in the church, but yet there was something missing in my life. I had accepted Christ as a youngster in a Sunday school class. I'll never forget the day. Felt like I was the worst sinner in all of the world. I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Had a Sunday school teacher introduced me to Jesus and I accepted Christ as my savior. But Larry, there was still something missing in my life because I was shy, I was quiet, I was an introvert. Rick, I used to stand in the corner of the church. And if there was bushes, I would have hid behind them wondering why nobody talked to me. And we had an evangelist come to the church. And he began to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and I got an unction in my gumption. As God's truth about the, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit was sown was into the soil of my heart. Uh, Kumar, I started to have a desire that I want this gift. Because he preached, it's for everybody. Everybody. It's to all generations, because this is the age of the Spirit. And and I remember I came down to the altar that that night where we were having revival services, and back then we had church every night. Not one amen. That's okay. We had church every night. And Sam, I remember, I, I went down to the altar, he said, ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. knock." And the door will be open unto you. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, so will your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask. I had to ask. And so I asked, Lord, I want to be baptized in your Holy Spirit. And I remember Sam lifting up my hands in the worship, the celebration of praise. And, and, and I was worshiping the Lord. I wasn't thinking about the one on my right. I wasn't thinking about the one on my left. I was focusing in on Jesus. All of a sudden, I, I sensed my mouth starting to say words that weren't coming from here. And Goldie, I clammed up. <laughs> and I left. I left that night disappointed because, Lord, I know that I was right on the brink. Man, I went to school the next day. I was in 10th grade. God, I can't wait for church tonight. I can't wait to get back in God's house. That night, the, the the evangelist didn't even preach on the baptism. And remember the sermon title: "Flying missiles, atomic bombs, and the second coming of Jesus Christ." What a sermon title! People got saved that night. Came to Christ as a result of that message. Uh, but but I couldn't wait to get down to the altar because I wanted to receive. You see, that word that was sown the night before was still incubating within the soil of my heart. And man, I got down to that altar, and I began to lift my hands, and I began to praise the Lord just like the night before, and and, and God gave me a gusher. That's the only way I can describe it. Paul said in Romans 8.26, we know not what we ought to pray, but the Spirit with groanings and utterances which may not be uttered. And it's the same Greek word that Jesus uses in John 17 to describe the gushings of the deep. Friends, there's a gushing of the deep of the Spirit. There's a gushing of the, of the fullness of the Spirit when we learn to release it by faith and God fills you with your Holy Spirit. You're filled with praise and you're filled with your power and you're filled with the glory of the Lord. That night marked the beginning of a transformation in my life that radically changed my destiny because I received the promise of the Father. And I haven't been the same since. Can you say amen? Somebody give the Lord glory this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm here to tell you that the same gift is for you. The same promise is for you. The same spirit is to be upon you. Number three today. Oh, i got to hurry. Write it down. Power for life and service. Acts 1.8, Jesus told his disciples, you will receive power. Say power. Power. Say it again. Power. After that, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Write it down. Dunimis. It's up on the screen if you don't know how to spell it. Dunimis. It means inherent power capable of reproducing itself like a dynamo. 2 Peter 1.3, according to his divine power, that word there in the Greek again is dunimis according to his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to virtue and glory. He has called us out of darkness and brought us into his light. This is the light, the truth of God's word. I'm preaching his word today. I'm preaching you a word that tells you that his Holy Spirit is for you and you and you and you and you. And, you. and for those children over there in children's church. For our teenagers are down there in Orlando. The promise of God, the light of this truth is for the church in this church age. He's called us to glory and to virtue. He's called us to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. To bear fruit that gives evidence that demands a verdict. And that verdict is this. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Can you say amen? Amen. That power is given. Write it down. Power for the mission. Some people have this confused. They think that the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is given to to give them a spiritual high. Or to give them a a spiritual thrill. The power of the Holy Spirit is given to us. To empower us for the mission. Now. Now. I can't put in the words the thrill, the joy, the enthusiasm that takes place when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and flows through your life. It's better felt than told, But that's not the reason why we receive the Holy Spirit. That comes along with it. God gives us his power so that we can do the works of Jesus Christ, so that we are empowered to administer into the mission of the church, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to make disciples out of them. And for us to, to worship God, oh, in spirit and in truth. You see, the fullness of the Spirit comes upon us so that we can fulfill the heartbeat of the Father. It's all about evangelism. It's all about souls. That's why we believe in missions. That's why we believe in big gives. That's why we reach out to this community. Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and also come to a full gospel message of the fullness of the promise of the Father. He gives us power to become witnesses for Jesus Christ in our marriages, in our careers, in our lifestyles. He gives us power to preach the gospel message with authority, to teach the word of God and the principles of God's word and to give training for our personal practices which are evidenced in your lifestyles. See, to release spiritual gifts. You can read, and I don't have time today to go into the spiritual gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But there are inspirational or vocal gifts. There are revelation gifts and power gifts that are given to the church for the church age. And they did not stop with the cessation of the apostles. God's gifts are still in operation within this church for those who have faith. I said for those who have faith. For those who have faith. There are many that don't receive because they do not have the faith. Many years ago, Noel old Brightmoor, in a service just like this, at the climax of the service, one of the dear ladies in the church gave a word. Uh, Linda, I think, it was Sister Druitt's. She used to operate in, in the gift of tongues. And I remember on that particular morning, Tom Weekly, who was one of the pastors on staff at that time, gave the interpretation of that tongue. There were guests, Goldie, that were in that service that after the service, they rushed to Pastor Tom and said, where did you learn that Hebrew? You, you interpreted exactly what that other lady said. Where did you learn your Hebrew? He said, I don't know Hebrew. So you have to. You interpreted with precision that dialect that we recognized. And you see, Paul said it very clearly tongues are assigned to unbelievers. It's through the gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues that God speaks to his church to encourage, to exhort, and to edify the body of Christ. A church that does not function in the gifts of the Spirit is a handicapped church. We need to be a people that receive the gifts and express the gifts under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? I'll never forget that day. And I could give testimony after testimony after testimony of gifts of the Spirit in operation. Lives that have been healed. Lives that have been transformed. Lives that have been challenged and inspired because God gives a word. God gives a a, a tongue. God gives an interpretation. God gives a, a prophecy and lives are touched because God is in our midst and He is at work through His Holy Spirit. You can operate in methodologies. You can can operate in techniques, but give me the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Give me the Holy Spirit. But I tell you, the Holy Spirit never misses the mark. Write it down. New spiritual dynamics are received in your personal life. We receive a new prayer language. Jude said this in Jude verse 20, but ye, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost. We see in 1 Corinthians fourteen 2, 4, and 15 a praise language that Paul refers to. In our, in our praise and in our worship, there is a new dynamic of praise through the Spirit that spectacular it is expressive and that's a hotline that the enemy can't tap into Paul said I will pray in the spirit and I will pray in the understanding Paul said I will praise in the spirit and I will praise in the understanding Paul said he that speaketh in tongues speaketh not unto men but unto God whereby in the spirit he speaketh mysteries hallelujah Sacred praise, sacred adoration, songs of thanksgiving, and worship that ascends unto the throne of God like sweet incense unto his nostrils. Oh, give me a church that know how to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was given to, unto the church to empower us to do the will and the works of Jesus Christ the baptism of the Holy Spirit releases the life of the Spirit into and through the believer mark these down Galatians chapter 5 verse number 16 walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh are there areas of the flesh that you're battling with Are there habits and hang-ups that you're struggling with? Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Get filled with the one who is our sanctifier. Can you say amen? Get filled with the one who is able to transform you from the inside out. I tell you, it works. Walk in the Spirit, as Paul said, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5.18 says, if you are led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. We're not under legalism anymore. We're under love. I said, we're under love. We're under grace. We're under the favor of God through Jesus Christ. And if we are led of the Spirit, it's not about rules. It's not about regulation. It's not about religiosity. It's not about kissing the big toe of the statue of Peter. It's about loving upon Jesus. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Galatians 5, 22. If we live in the Spirit... Let us be led of the Spirit. That's Galatians 5.25. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, self-control. You see, when you have the, the flow of the Spirit for your life as a believer, new buds and blossoms start to develop in your life. God begins to form and develop and to ripen the fruit of the spirit which emanates the very character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Your walk changes. Your talk changes. Your motivations change. Your smile changes. You got the joy of Jesus in your heart. You got the love of God in your heart. You've got God's will and working in your heart. And you've got God's dreams being developed in your heart and in your mind. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get full of God. And you'll dream new dreams. As you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Can you say amen? amen. I'll tell you, it doesn't get any better than that. Number four today. power for spiritual warfare. How many of you know that we're involved in the conflict of the ages? If you don't believe that there's a devil out there, you're blind. Come forward, we'll pray for healing. We are involved in the conflict of the ages. Ephesians chapter six, verses 11 through 18, Paul talked about, A, the, the armor of God. The armor is not for show, but for Engagement. Let me say that again. We put on the armor of God not to prance around and to show our stuff. Don't I look good today? No, the armor of God is given unto us so that we can engage the enemy. We are involved in a conflict. Our nation today is in conflict and in compromise. And I would dare say this has happened because far too many people are wearing the armor for show and not for personal engagement with the unfruitful works of darkness. Now that'll preach. We need to engage the enemy every single day. Just not when we come to church. God did not call us to be great pretenders or pew potatoes. He has called us to engage the enemy on a daily basis and with spiritual weaponry and the whole armor of God to resist the devil, to submit ourselves unto God and see the victories that come through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. He's given us the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. When Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, Was tempted of the devil. Did he go and hide behind a rock? Did he go and run into a cave and play hide and seek? When Jesus was tempted, how many of you know what temptation is? Put your hands up. It's all of you. Jesus confronted temptation with this It is written. It is written. It is written. written. Jesus used the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to cut asunder the unfruitful works of darkness, the suggestions of the adversary. If that was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. But you see, you can't quote, Frank, what you don't know. Let me say that again. You can't quote what you don't know. I've discovered in my counseling chamber that most troubled people are not students of the Word. Let the Word of God, Paul said, dwell within you richly. Then when that seducer of your soul comes... Then when that suggester comes and tries to bring that thought into your mind, draw from your files the eternal truths of God's word, and you look that sloot foot right in the face, and you say, it is written, it is written, it is written. And as you are living a life that is in submission to the authority of God's word, then you can resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's our part. And that's our privilege and participation as we take the sword of the Spirit. See, powerful and effective prayer. Paul said in Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplications in the Spirit. When Paul ever talks about praying in the Spirit, he's talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. He's talking about praying in tongues. He said, with all prayer and all supplications in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Because prayer is still powerful and effective to those who pray. The problem that we have Many places in the American churches, people no longer pray. Here's a test. Here's a test. When you go out to the chicken joint today or wherever you go for dinner, just look around and see how many people say grace anymore before they they eat their meal. If you see one, consider yourself blessed. And hopefully the one you see is yourself. Can you say amen? Amen practice prayer church pray Jesus said my house should be called a house of prayer prayer." can you say amen pray in the spirit pray in the understanding pray we are called to be a people of prayer friends the church age is a Pentecostal age that is graced with the gift of the Holy Spirit We must be a people of the word. Amen? We must be a people of the Holy Spirit. We must be a people that don't play church, but are the church that are filled with praise, filled with power, and filled with his spirit in the name of Jesus. Because we cannot do his work or fulfill his will without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Father, we're so thankful today that this is the age of the Spirit. God, that in these last days, you have outpoured the promise that you gave unto the prophet That in the last days you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh. And we ask right now, Lord, that you would rain upon us. That you would rain upon us, Lord, fresh wind and fresh fire. As you did uh, in Acts chapter 2 upon your church. Lord, that you would grant upon us, oh Lord, a fresh visitation of your presence. To fulfill your promise under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Because Lord, you're still wanting to save and rescue the perishing. And Lord, those you save, you're willing to empower for life and service until Jesus comes. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I would ask you this question first, Pastor Hal. I'm here today and I don't know Jesus Christ as my savior. I've strayed from the path of the ancients. And today I want to get right with God. Today I want also to be the recipient of the promise of eternal life through faith in Christ and a recipient of this promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. If that's you here today and you need to give your heart to Jesus I just want you to raise your hand and say, would you pray for me? I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand. Yes. People making decisions for Jesus right now. Church, pray. Pray because spiritual warfare is going on right now. There are souls in the balances of the decision right now. Anybody else? As I look in the balcony, you need to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You're here today. and you want fresh wind and fresh fire in your life. You need the Spirit's touch. You need the promise of the Father every day. Would you raise your hand and say, Pastor Hal, pray for me. Yes, 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 yes. In a moment, we're gonna sing a song, Holy Spirit, rain down, and we're gonna gather around this altar. And we're going to raise our antennas and our sails to God and allow Him to fill our sails with His goodness and with His mercies. But before we do, we need to pray for those who put their hands up for salvation. Everybody, repeat this prayer after me Dear Jesus, I thank you for loving me. I believe, dear Jesus, that you died for my sins according to the scriptures and that you were raised for my justification. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I will do my best to live for you by faith. Embracing the promises of God and walking in your truth being led of your spirit in Jesus' name. And right now, Lord, I ask for you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Release your gifts into me, O Lord, so I can manifest your presence into my world every day. In Jesus' name.